It's good to be in the meeting house today. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm glad to be saved. I'll say that. I'm glad to know the Lord this morning. Um, so I ask you this morning, church, we're going to pray here in just a moment. And uh, I'd like to help, ask you to help me pray that uh, this morning that, that the Lord Jesus could just have his way in this place. And the Holy Spirit could would be welcomed with the truth that he would bring. Uh, I pray for that, that he would change a life. For those of you here today that your salvation, that you're relying on something that you have done, the work salvation, I'm praying for you especially today. And I pray that the scriptures will make it so clear that he would convince you that apart from putting faith in Christ, that you'll never be part of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> now, it's His will that you be saved. And it's not His will that any should perish. We know that in Scripture. We're going to talk about justification today and how that a person is justified by faith. Uh, take your Bibles. Let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and read a little bit in Romans chapter number 4. If you're able this morning to stand for the reading of God's Word, we want to honor His Word. I want to tell you I'm thankful for His Word today. Aren't you? What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? Or what, what did he figure out? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory but not before God. For what the Scripture, for what saith the Scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, keep, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Let's read a little more. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Let me read you one more text. Galatians 3 and 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee, in God, shall all nations be blessed. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, how the word can, can reach down inside of a person's heart by hearing the truth that, that Lord, that you gave us through the power of the Holy Spirit and the enlightenment, that life could be changed. A life that's in darkness, a life that only has the comprehension of the mind, the natural mind. And Father, we're talking about a supernatural new birth. We're talking about a change in a person's life when they realize that there's nothing they have to offer, nothing they could ever do that could bring them to faith that it requires in order to be saved. And Father, we're going to see today that one of the greatest patriarchs of faith, there was a question that arose, and 
There was a realization that if he were to have anything to do with it, then he sure enough could brag about it. But we see, Father, salvation wasn't because of what man had done, but it's because of what God did. And Father, I want to thank you for this today, how easy it is to be saved. And Father, I pray that you would call far and wide. I pray for that one that's near as hell that don't even think they deserve it. Father, I pray today that Lord Jesus would be glorified in this place. There is no other name given under heaven whereby that men must be saved by. Help me proclaim his name today, Father, with all the ability that I have. And it's in Jesus' name the family of God said, Amen, Amen. So, we have been going through Romans. and In chapter number 3, there were several things that we had that we have went through and tried to establish. And when it's talking about here, and, um, <clears throat> that righteousness was through faith, not ours. Uh, I want to read just a little bit in chapter 3 at the end of it, and I want you to listen to what he says. Where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. See the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yea, the Gentiles only. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith, the Jew and the Gentile. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. There are things as we went in chapter number 3, we began to realize that there's, there's just no one that's good. God said that, not me. There's none righteous, none that understands, none that has reverential fear of God or attraction for God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 3 and 23. And that means, if you look that up, it means they fail to become a, a partaker. They fall short at the end. They suffer want or they lack. These would be the folks that have put their salvation in the reliance upon their own self-efforts. And the end result would be they would fail to become a partaker. Then when we was going through chapter 3, we, we seen where Christ had sort of bridged that gap. Verses 24 through 26. What I love about that is that when you see that it says, being justified freely, no cost, by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ. I don't see a work right there involved that a man could do when it pertains to the salvation that only God can give through Christ whom God set forth to be a propitiation, right? Through faith in His blood for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. David got hold of that, didn't he? As we read in chapter 4, Blessed is the man, as he said, whom the Lord will not impute sin. So we see that a man is justified by faith, 3 and 28. If you, if you like to, to underline things in your Bible underline justified by faith and then go down to verse number 5 in chapter 4 and see where it says, but believeth on him. Underline those two things. If you like to draw lines, then draw it. 
Because what I love about this is we're, you're going to see something here in a minute as we talk about the text. And we look as far as when he's talking to the person that, that's, that we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And then you get down to the part where it says, but to him that believeth on him, you're going to see here that we're going to go from the time of where you've got the Jew and then you've got the Gentile. You've got those that, that tried to keep the law and obey it. And it was not designed to save. And you look at the Gentiles who did not have the law, but then how they could be saved the same way that Abraham was saved. The question in 4 and 1, when you look at this, is that what did Abraham gain according through his flesh or through the physical nature apart from divine influence? So what did Abraham learn? What did he find when he was thinking about his salvation? Did he figure anything out according to his flesh? That could save him because the Bible said that if he did, if he had anything to do with it, then he could brag about it. But as you keep going down through here, he says, But if Abraham were justified by works, he had found whereof to glory, but not before God. Do you see that? If there's any conclusion in Abraham's mind that his salvation... Anything that he did or did not do, good work, good deed, good habits, if his salvation was based on any of those things, then he could have glory to everyone. He could have told his neighbor how good that he was. He could have said, look at the good deeds that I do. Look at the money that I give. Do you see that? But here's what it says. But he could not brag. If he thought that salvation came that way before God, God would not accept that. So, as we keep moving down through here, verse 3, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What I want to do is I want you to look at this link. From verse 3 and 28 it says, a man is justified by faith. Whenever that you look that word up, let me give you some Greek definition because when you look and you see where it says the word justified by faith, and then you come down here and you look at where it says, but believed on him. I want you to look at this because when we're talking about a man is justified by faith, 4102 is your reference text. So if a man is justified by faith, then this is what it means. Persuasion, truth, truth of God, reliance upon Christ for salvation, assurance, belief, or the word believe. If a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, then this is what that faith is talking about. He is persuaded the truth, the truth of God, his reliance is upon Christ for his salvation. Do you see that? If you go down and look in your now that we're talking about Abraham, and it says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him. What's funny is when you look that word up, believe, it's G4100. And what's so funny when I was looking at this the other day, when I was looking at faith, and I was looking at the word believe, 
I thought I wonder, I just wonder if those two words connect. Because if we're talking about the message of Christ and people being saved by faith, and we're talking about Abraham's salvation that was by faith, what's funny is, is that when you look this word up, believeth, it derives from faith, and it has the same meaning. So do you see that? Whenever that we're talking about a person being saved, and we're looking at whether it's concerning Abraham, or whether it's concerning those that's been circumcised, or whether it's concerning those that's been uncircumcised, salvation is based on faith in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Now, one of the things I want to get into is I want to look at, basically, that you can see the relation between a man being justified and Abraham being justified. And this is where that it all, it really just nails down and pivots on verse number four. I want to read this in the ESV version because I like the flow of language. And here's what it says. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. That, well, that, that'll get you. If you're saved, I hope that hits you in the heart. Now, to the one who works, this is the person that has their reliance. Their salvation is based upon them. His wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Now, let me just say... This is where your faith is going to be towards the one or it's going to be towards the other. And it's going to have an impact on how you believe in justification. How that a man is justified by. Boy, I tell you, this was clear as a bell when I was studying this. Because that whenever that you start looking at this, it talks about the mindset of the person that has basically, they have relied upon a deed. They've relied upon an act, something they did something they hold on to. And in other words, that means that no, I'm good because of this. I'm good because of that. Now, this morning in a setting like this is where that a person is going to begin thinking about being saved. They're going to think about their profession. They're going to look within their own lives. The Bible said to examine yourself and see whether that you be in the faith. We're talking about a touchy subject this morning. We're talking about a subject this morning that can make a lot of people mad. It can make them mad and get mad at the preacher because of what I'm going to say. But my friends, I want you to know, uh, listen, there's nothing good about you or I want. The Bible has done establish that, that we've all seen to come short of the glory of God. And if there's something that you can believe in that you did, some memory that you have to look back in your life and say, this is why that I'm saved. This is why, because I did this. This is why, because there are things in my life that I've not partaken of. Matter of fact, preacher, I've given some tithe money down to the church. And I wanted you to look at something here this morning. And my friends, you're looking at something, an act. You're looking at a deed. And see, here's the thing about it, is that the works that you do, my friends, you're doing it not as a gift, but you're doing it out of a debt, out of your due. And what that means is, is that through the rest of your life, you're going to have to keep reminding yourself of something that you've done. Uh, you're going to have to try to keep being a good person. You're going to have to try to keep uh, giving to the church, trying to uh, treat everybody like you'd want to be treated. But see, here is the thing about him. Whenever that we look at man before God, when God looks down upon humanity, uh, just like it was in Genesis chapter number 6, the Bible said that he looked down and he seen the sins of mankind. Uh, there was none that was searching after him. Uh, they had all had gone astray. The Bible said that he had grieved God, that he had 
hadn't even made man. And he had decided, listen, uh, that he was going to flood the whole world. Uh, but then all of a sudden he looked down and found a man. Uh, listen, that had faith. And he said, by this, that listen, that that." Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. My prayer this morning, uh, my friend, is that you'll realize, uh, listen, that all the things that you've been trying to do uh, from the day you've made a profession is things you've got to remind yourself. Uh, when you think about justification, uh, you think about uh, justification. You say, preacher, no, I'm justified by faith. Uh, listen, if you're justifying your faith uh, by something that you're doing, that's not a biblical justify- justification uh, by faith because Abraham came to the clue and when he seen, you know, if it was something that I ever did, then I could brag about it, but not before God. Do you realize the Bible said there's going to be a day people will say, Lord, Lord, have we not done these things in thy name? And the Bible said, the Lord will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. Listen, what I love about this is that, listen, they, their idea of eternal life is not based upon obedience to Christ or his atoning word, uh, his atoning word, but it's upon their principles and it's upon their views uh, that they have of their own selves. Uh, listen, I want you to know this morning, as much as I love the Lord, as much as I love his word, uh, when it comes down to examining myself every day, uh, when, listen, when I take the word of God and let that examine me, I see, listen, there's some bad inside of me. Uh, there's some bad thoughts that, listen, come up uh, from time to time. There's a part about me that wants to go apart from God. Uh, there's a law of sin that rises in me, and I've been good for about a week and a half. Listen, I, I've been doing all right for about a week and a half, and listen, it was about last night, uh, somewhere through the night, a dream starts coming in my mind, and listen, there, there's a law of sin that's raising up inside of me, and you know what it does? It makes me rise up and say, boy, I'm glad uh, that I don't have to keep myself saved. I'm glad that my friends listen, uh, that my salvation uh, keeps keeps me repenting and keeps me trusting and keeps me believing and knowing that my faith is not in anything that I've ever done. It was nothing about me going out into the water and listen to preacher leading me out there being baptized. It had nothing to do with the choir singing that night. It had nothing to do, my friends, of anything that I did. But what I realized was I was broken and my friends, I was lost and I was apart from God. And my friends, that's when you'll view justification the right way. What do you mean? Because you realize that you can't rely upon yourself for nothing. But everything you trust in is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when your faith, my friends, is in what Christ has done, then you realize, my friends, what it means to be a sinner and apart from God. Do you believe that today? Listen, there's a struggle. There's a struggle today when people began looking at a work when they start thinking about, hey, listen, this work they say is done by faith. Hey, but my friends, what I want you to know is that when you start looking at this, you will not work to serve the Lord as a gift. And see, here's the part about it. Hey, listen, the Bible said that with the, a person that's saved, there will be fruit that will be produced unto God. And the Holy Spirit will, listen, he'll equip you and give you a measure of faith. Hey, listen, there'll be a calling on your life. In other words, there'll be a gift 
that you'll be able to share in the body of Christ. But my friends, for the person, listen, they get in their life and they look back and you hear about what it means to serve the Lord. You look at what it means to spend time in prayer and about studying to showing yourself to prove and discerning what the will of the Lord is. And we talk about those things. And the reason they don't register in a person's mind is because the do of their labor is the things they do out of debt. They do this to keep themselves. They do this to convince themselves that they're all right. But my friends, this is what I want you to know. When the Holy Spirit of God begins to indwell the heart, it's not to where that there's no do. Listen, there's nothing that you glory in. The reason that you serve the Lord, the Bible says that everything you do, do as unto the Lord. Here's what happens. Your obedience is better than sacrifice. And because of that, your service to the Lord is a gift. It's one of those things that you do. Selfless, it's one of those things that you do. Why? Because you realize who you was before and you realize now who you are after. And because of that, it's not hard to serve the Lord. It's not hard to pray. It's not hard to read your Bible. It's not hard to go down to the meeting house. Why? Because it's a gift that only God could afford you. And if you never know that you've been given a free gift of grace, then my friends, you'll work for it the rest of your life. You'll keep trying to tell yourself and that you're okay. You say, well, where's the line? Where's the part when I grab hold of it? Listen, here's the part when you realize you have nothing to do with it. When you realize, listen, that listen, you're a sinner like the person sitting beside you. There's no good work you could ever do. My friends, listen, the man on the right, the man on the left of the cross had nothing to do. They were guilty before God. But aren't you glad that the sinless one, aren't you glad the one that hung between the heavens and the earth who knew no sin? The Bible said, but he became sin for us. Aren't you glad whenever that we look at this is that, I mean, look at it. Romans 11 and 6 says, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would be no longer grace. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for it's by grace through faith that you're saved. It's not yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the same message that we're talking about right here. Abraham realized that, listen, there wasn't a work he could do. Listen, it was a divine revelation. It was a divine inspiration. You say, what was it? God spoke to him and told him. Listen, he was apart from him. And because of his obedience, the Bible said, he became the father of many nations. And we are the children by faith under Abraham. Why? Because believeth, or where it says we're justified by faith, is that faith and belief is the same thing. It comes in the same bottle. It comes in the same drink. That if you're going to be saved, it'll be putting faith in what Christ has done on your behalf. Do you see that today? Do you see that? There is nothing, nothing that you can do. One of the easiest things about being saved was that when I had nothing to offer the Lord, the easiest thing of of relinquishing all the guilt and all the struggle that I carried in my life was that I could bring all of it. (laughs) The account was so great. And listen, I'm not talking about I didn't go through and give the Lord the list. I didn't have to tell him all the bad things that I was done. When you know you're apart from him, it's enough. Because what you realize is that eternity will not be yours unless you give what you carry unto the one that can take it from you. Do you see that? 
That's why your reliance is upon the finished work, the author and finisher of our faith. It's why that it was his blood that cleanses us from all sin. Do you see that? There wasn't one priest that ever gave his life. There wasn't one sacrifice that was pure enough. enough. And even when it came to the time of the Passover, they had to find one that was without spot and without blemish. And if you didn't have one for your house, you go to your neighbor's house and you partake. But my friends, the blood that went over the lintels across the doors is that whenever that God came and showed up, and my friends, the blood had to be applied. And do you realize today it's the very same thing that he's talking about? The blood has to be applied. Listen, as your faith and your trust in salvation, and when you put your faith in the blood that Jesus Christ has shed on the cross of Calvary, it is efficient enough to save you. And because of that, there will be a work of grace and a work of gift that comes from your life. If you want to know why people want salvation, but they don't want to do anything, is because the salvation they have is the salvation they have made in their own mind. Their salvation and their justification is... In, I mean, I can tell myself a lot of things about myself and agree with it. I can tell you things about me and you can say, he's lying. <laughs> but he thinks that about himself. Well, we think a lot more highly of ourselves than we ought to. But imagine the battle that people have is when they have to fight what God has said. They have to fight against and say, well, I think justification is like this because, no, it's by faith and faith alone. That's what it's about. And see, here's the thing about it, is that when you start looking down through here and you start going through this text, I mean, it says, verse 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Do you see that? Now, Remember, believeth, 4,100, it's derived from the word faith. So I want you to listen. So the person who puts their faith on the Lord Jesus Christ as a means for their salvation, God will justify the ungodly and place the righteousness of Jesus Christ upon your account. Now, what I love about this, when I think about righteousness, no, not one. On my best day, my best deed, my best act towards humanity is nothing more than a filthy rag if I'm doing it by a work. Because it's a do. It's something I have to do to keep myself to where I think I have eternal life. When I don't know what the right hand or the left hand is doing, and you give till it hurts, It's not because you have to. It's because you want to. When it's coming to serving the Lord, it's not because I go down and say people can see that I'm here and I'm good. And matter of fact, you have to show up because you think that you're good. And here's the reality. When I come in here every day and I walk into this place, do you know what's in my mind? I don't deserve this. There's nothing good about me. The Lord doesn't listen. He didn't have to, but thank God he did. (laughs) It's a privilege to be able to come in. It's a joy and honor to serve the Lord. 
on just and, and being able to share his word is just such a gift that I, I didn't even deserve it. Found me, listen, backward and wayward from him in the moment that he even called me in the ministry and he could have chosen anyone else, but I'm so glad. And you know why? Listen, he sure is a good God. Oh, I'm telling you, he's good. They, some of us, listen, if it weren't for the Holy Spirit of God, we'd go right back into the mess we got, we, we could be delivered from. We'd go right back into doing those things, but aren't you glad in that free gift? There's a comforter down on the inside. Aren't you glad there's a teacher on the inside? Aren't you glad there's a convictor down on the inside? I'm not talking about moral conviction. I'm talking about divine conviction that shows me who I am apart from God. And see, when all you can see is your own divineness, you'll never see a need for a Savior because you've eventually saved yourself. But for those that are lost and for those that are busted and those that realize that without Christ, they'd never know anything about the kingdom of God. They'd never know how to serve the Lord. It's those, my friends, that comes in and they're down on the knees saying, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. Lord, help me where I am. You say, how do you know this to be true? How do you know it to be true? We'll turn to a text. And I wanted to save it for later. But I want to turn over here because I'm telling you, it tore me up. Whenever that you look at this, we've been talking about Abraham, right? And then all of a sudden you get over here, verse 6, even as David also described the blessedness of a man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Wait a minute, you're talking about a man that does some bad things. Yep. Oh, yeah. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now, you're going to run a reference text in one place. It'll put you over there where he stood before Nathan. And there he is, and the little ewe lamb. And then all of a sudden he says, Thou art that man. And then Nathan said, David, the Lord hath forgiven you, and he's going to spare your life. Now, as a result of that, if you look, has the Lord ever forgave you of something you've done after you've been saved? I'm talking about heinous. I'm not talking about a bad thought. I'm talking about a bad thought coming out of your mouth, out your hands, out your eyes, right? He was anointed when he was a ready child. You remember that? The Lord chose him then, right? It wasn't based on what David would do. It was based on the choosing and the election of God and God's purposes. Do you see that? So I want you to know this, is that when you look at your life, and if you have faith in Christ and you know that you're saved, it's never going to be based on how good you're ever going to be. It's based on what Christ has done before you because that's what your faith is in. Do you see that? Let me give you another one. Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Boy, this had made it real the other day. I want you to listen. There's about five things in Psalms 32, and I'm going to quickly. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man in whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there's no guile. Let, let me say something right here. When I read that the other day, I was thinking about David. I was thinking about the thoughts that he had when he looked down and seen the naked woman. And then when he took her in and he laid with her from the letters that, listen, her own husband carried to his own death sentence. You imagine carrying that? You imagine having that weight? Listen, we're talking about a man right here that of all the things that he had done would have crippled anybody else, would have crippled them for the things they had done, knowing God, knowing the goodness of God, right? God had brought that man out of a lot of things in his life, but he got to the point that he had sinned against God. My friends, I want you to know 
This is how I know that a person that's saved, why they'll keep on repenting, is because we realize that, listen, if we begin thinking too good of ourselves, we're getting ourselves set up for a fall. Pride coming before destruction, Holy Spirit right before the fall. And I dare to say, if we all were to tell things that we've done since that we've been saved, our heads would be bowed down, would they not? If I had to go one by one and say, tell me the worst thing you've ever done since the day that you've been saved, there'd be some of you probably get up and leave so you wouldn't have to tell him. But my friend, this is what I want you to know. Regardless of what I may ever do in my life, and God forbid I ever go wayward, and God forbid I ever turn aside the Lord and become cold and indifferent. But listen, I want you to know there are things about being saved that I consider First John 1 and 9, what God will always do for me. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just and forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. Listen, I was saved at the age of 10, and now I am at the age of 50. And for 40 years, I've been saved. 40 years, I belong to the Lord. And I want you to know, my friends, blessed is the man whose sins and transgressions have been forgiven. And they're not, they're not imputed on mine. The Bible said the forebears of the sins that are in the past. How do you realize today, my friends, that my sins were placed upon Jesus Christ? How do you realize today, my friend, I should have been the one that died upon the cross? Why? Because I was guilty. I was the thief, right? I was the sinner on the other side. But listen, I'm telling you, I'm glad today that when I'm standing before you, I am an old sinner. My friends, listen, my body is tainted with sin, but I'm glad there's something on the inside of me. My friends, my soul that the Lord has saved, and the Bible said I've been sealed until the day of redemption. And my redemption, my friends, one day it's going to draw us nigh. And the Bible said, listen, that my body, it groans and travails. Listen, even the earth does waiting on the adoption. And my friends, listen, I've got a, a home and then somewhere else. Aren't you glad when the Bible said uh, they look for a city who builder and make it with God? And my friends, that's you and I uh, that belong to the Lord. And uh, one day our faith becomes our eyes and we're waiting uh, to be in the Lord's presence. Uh, Paul said, I'm in a strait uh, betwixt the two. And my friends, when I come uh, before you today, oh, I'm thankful today uh, for the blood of Christ. I'm glad that my sins had been forgiven. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, the sins that condemned me of dying a sinner's death, of uh, being apart from God. Uh, listen, I was those Gentiles, uh, those on the outskirts, and those of uncircumcision. Uh, but my friends, this is what I know. Is he not the God of the circumcision and that of the uncircumcision? Uh, listen, it's, it is God uh, that justifies freely. And my friends, today I've been justified uh, by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, uh, my friends, I'm a blessed man. I'm blessed beyond measure, and not because of what I have, but because of what I know. I'm blessed beyond measure today because I realize I'll never have to ask the Lord to save me again. I'll never have to ask the Lord to crawl upon the cross again. Why? At the age of 10 years old, I believed in his finished work. It's all that I had. It's all that I had to believe in. And I said, Lord, I believe you and I'm asking you to save me. And you know what the Bible says happened? You know what transpired? Listen, God took the righteousness of his son and he imputed 
imputed death on my behalf. That means my sins are covered and they're covered by the blood. And because of that, I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And because of that sealing, listen, I'm clean. There's a part inside of me that cannot sin. There's a part inside of me that belongs to the Lord. Oh, he'll change the old body one day. He'll give me one like unto his son. But there's a part inside of me that has a desire to live holy and to worship and to serve, not of debt, but out of grace and out of, and listen, out of a gift. And that's why, my friends, that's how that I know that I'm saved. And David said, listen, there's some other things that happens in a man's life. He said, blessed is the man. I realize how blessed I am. But I want you to look at what else he says. He said, when I kept silence, my bones waxed soul through my roaring all day. Day and night, my hand was, listen, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought. You know what David's saying? David's saying when I backslid on the Lord, when I was backsliding on him, he said the hand of the Lord was on me. Any of you had had a short bed at night before when you've sinned against God? Any of you tried to go your own way? And my friends are trying to live apart from the Lord. David said, listen, I want you to know God's good. God's so good. Listen, that he wouldn't let me alone. How do you realize that the self-righteous person, the person that don't have a biblical, listen, interpretation of what justification by faith is, is that that never happens to them. Uh, listen, the Lord's never dealing with them. They never worry about those things. Uh, listen, they got a rotten mouth and it don't hurt. You know what I'm talking about. They got things that they do and they can't see the wrong in it. And my friends, that's what happens when a person, uh, whenever that they begin justifying their own life. And that's what a moralist does when he sees good for bad and bad for good and he can't see the, his own life. And see, here's what David said. Uh, the reason that I know that I belong to the Lord is that listen, uh, when I've when I done things wrong against him. He said he got a hold of me and he wouldn't let me go. Aren't you glad? Boy, I'm so glad. I'm glad that, listen, when I had went wayward years ago, I'm so, listen, he about took my life. I was chasing twice. You better not go to the part the Lord chastens you. But here's one thing that I was glad about. Without the chastening hand of the Lord, wherever y'all partakers, he said, you're a bastard and not a son. I'm not a son without a father. I've got a father and he's named Abba. And listen, he is my heavenly father. And because of that, you know what it does? It brings you back to repenting and look what David said I acknowledge my sin unto thee and mine iniquity have I not hid I will confess you know what it does one of the great things about being saved is that it will drive you to repent it will drive you to acknowledge God is the only one he's the only one listen my friend that will share truth with you and never break a promise he's the only one that can lead you in the right path and never steer you wrong he's the only one that can guide you when you want to be misled do you see what I'm talking about God is the only one today that you can trust him God is the only one today and I can keep the saving of your soul and I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. My trust is in Him. When you rely upon something you've done, you have to remember things. You have to write it down. You have to go back and, and, and to an extent, you train your brain to believe justification as being something that you have done and it being way out of context. That's why when you hear people that say, Preacher, I just can't remember the exact day. I can't remember. You may get to where you forget where the church was at or wherever you... You may forget some of those things, but you will never forget the day that the Holy Spirit of God... <laughs> You'll never forget the day the old man died and a new creature, right, was manifested inside of you. The new man, right? The new man 
And see, a lot of people, they say, I've never experienced that. I'm not talking about an outward man that has something that you have to do. I'm talking about the new man inside that basically will reflect on the outside of a gift and not of a debt. You have to catch that. The reason that you keep continually serving the Lord through all the years is because it's a gift. If it's a debt, right? Church is a have to. You never get involved. You spot and go. You never read. And this is the place you come to tell yourself that you're okay with God. If you're coming here to tell yourself you're okay with God, when you go out there, it won't be the same. You see that. Because really who you are is who you are out there. When they talk about, well, I'd never do that in the church. I'd never play that music. I'd never do those things. Well, if you do it at home, you're doing it in the church if you're saved. You see that. So, so think about this. You are the hardest person to be one to Christ. You are the hardest person. For one, you're a Gentile of uncircumcision. So your lifestyle, your, thing, your, your things of pleasure your decision-making and all that you do, let me say, those things are all about you. The work you do is about you. The work that comes from what salvation did is all about Him. You see that? The maintaining of my salvation and the, the gift of grace and of service is not because I have to, it's because I want to. It's working through me. It's Him inside of me. But as long as, preacher, I've tried for years. I've tried, I'm faithful in church. I'm coming Sunday morning. I'm coming Sunday night. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. That's the problem. You won't lose the problem of the equation is you. Because it's a debt. It's a debt and you tell yourself that it's okay. And you hear a word like this that says there's nothing good about you. There's nothing good you can offer. There's nothing, no good work. There's no good memory. There's no good thing you have to remind yourself. And you hear the free gift in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my friends, the conviction is, listen, is not going to be much as, as far as the bad that you do. The conviction is going to be the good you tell yourself. The conviction is going to be where you say, you know what? Uh, Lord, I'll follow you. I want eternal life. I've been good since my youth up. I'm all these other things. And the Lord said, but something else I need to tell you about yourself is that you love your money and you love all these other things and if you're not willing to give up your life then you're going to work the rest of it trying to tell yourself that you're okay and he said and what you lack you're not willing to give up and a young man when he seen what it was the Bible said he walked away sorrowful first thought preacher everybody has thought now let me say this I wouldn't go to hell over that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. What matters is what God knows about you. When God reveals to you who you are apart from Him, that is when you come. You don't come on your own effort. I've tried it all my life. Tried it and I'm, it, it, it's awful. It's awful. You say, how do you know this to be true? I'm going to tell you how I know it. Because when someone dies, do you know who the family calls? And you know what they want to know? There's two things they want to know. When they joined the church and when they were baptized. Let me say this. The family should already know that. I'm not talking about joining the church and when they got baptized. I'm talking about their profession of faith that they have made in Jesus Christ. Do you see that? 
Brother Tides, you get ready. I'm going to give you some good news. There's two things. Two things that are great news here this morning. One is, is I pray the Holy Spirit has revealed to you that you can't save yourself and you can't have a false belief in what faith and justification is about. Because today, that would have been exposed. Okay? So for the person that's unsaved, and you realize that is you today, then my friends, you can be saved. So what's it going to cost me? All your sins. All your joy. Everything you hold on to. And just come to the cross. Dragging all those things along with you and saying, it's all I've got to offer. But I'm believing in you. <laughs> and I know you'll take these from me. All right. Number two. The second great part about today is this. If you know that you're saved, you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. You understand what true faith is and true belief is. But you've messed up. And you've sinned against God. Well, I'm going to tell you one of the works of the Holy Spirit, what He'll do, the same thing that He done inside of David. He'll remind you how good God will forgive. You'll thank the Lord that it drives you to repentance, right? And when you repent, you'll know the Lord forgave you, right? And I want to say this. If the Lord forgives, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? (laughs) If God is the one that justifies, if God is the one that forgives, and bless God, you are forgiven of your sin. Do you see that? God has not saved based on what you would or would not do. God, based on His Son, give this, dying on the cross of Calvary, and Him imputing that righteousness on your account. And because of that, if you sin against God, you can be forgiven. And what will it do? It will make you bless the name of the Lord. Amen? But you have to repent. You have to repent and bring those things to the Lord. As we stand to our feet this morning. 